Daily Slush Pile. We have decided to make this podcast so that we can sure, um, share the proceedings <laughs> of our editorial board with you. Um, so the crazy thing about today, I'm going to say this before we move forward, you know, Kathleen is always looking for firsts, right? Every time we have a podcast and like, well, this is the first time we have blank. Today is, imagine this, we're almost two years into doing this, and it's the first time that it has been only um, Marion Wren and Jason Schneiderman and myself, Kathleen Volkmiller. Um, We've been doing this for two years? Yeah, baby. Oh March 27th. Oh my it's wow. same day as my, I remember it so well because it's my dad's birthday. <laughs> that was the day we launched. And, um, yep, it'll be two years, March 27th, and we have never been the three of us. And um, oh. I think I'm going to share this with our audience, too. The three of us um, have been working together for a really long time. Like, Marion and I always like to garble over how many years, 20, 20, 20, 20 years. Yeah, don't do that math. Don't do that uh, math. No, well, it's not, like, I'm not, the not. newcomer, and it's been, like, 18. <laughs> right? Like, I'm the newcomer, and I'm like, yeah, we've been together for, like, 18 years, so, you know, I, I haven't been here nearly as long. You guys have. Okay, okay, Jason, but it's not that much younger either, so slow down. But anyway, anyway, um, we are sometimes known in the inner circle as the Klingon Council. Yes, true. yes. Mary, true. Mary, would you care to explain to our listeners what the Klingon Council is? Oh, I don't know if I possibly could. It's just so encrusted with lore. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, I mean, essentially, I, mean, I, I can say concisely, and then you can add on. What I think it is, is um, if because we have three editorial boards in three different um, places, Philly, New York, and Abu Dhabi, um, we sometimes are faced with decisions that are too difficult to pass around to the entire group and do, you know, compl have all those other voices chime in. So sometimes to just expedite a thing, whatever that choice mm -hmm. might be, we um, we hold a Klingon council, which is us. Mm -hmm. so, That's true. And then we play yeah. rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Can you play rock, paper, scissors with three? I I'm so bones. glad we're three, though. Thank God we're three. I, yes. I sometimes read tea leaves to get the answers, um, <laughs> but that doesn't really work. So and we end up Klingon counseling it. So I would like to call this episode the Klingon Council episode. Yes. No matter, no matter what we say or do That's as we move true. forward on this episode. So, okay, let's let's go from there. So I'm... Um, I'm Kathleen Volkmiller, and I am in the sound studio alone with Joe Zhang. Yep. Nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I am uh, an essayist, a primarily a memoirist, although I'm going to be writing for Philly Magazine is, again and doing more some pop culture pieces as well, or like cultural comments. So that's kind of exciting. And um, I am now going to go all the way to Abu Dhabi. Can you hear hello me? Hello from Abu Dhabi. <laughs> hello, hello. I can almost hear you, Lieutenant Worf. Um, uh, this is Marion Wren, and I'm sitting here in my apartment in Abu Dhabi getting ready for a weekend of adventures at the Aspen Festival. Um, the Aspen folks are descending upon the NYU Abu Dhabi campus as I, as I speak. Um, and I am really looking forward to having some time to sit down and catch up on some reading. Um, which includes, oh, I don't know, an essay by <coughs> New York <coughs> author <coughs> Kathleen Volkmiller. What? 
spectacular, <laughs> spectacular essay appeared in Modern Love over the weekend. So um, hello, Kathleen. I can't wait to hear more about that piece. And from Abu Dhabi, I bounce it over to Jason. Hello, I am in lovely Tribeca in my beautiful windowless office that it's kind of like Vegas because I never know what time it is, what the weather is. Like I'm just, I'm just deep in the heart of academia. Um, but yeah, I am Jason Schneiderman. Uh, and I also want to say about the Klingon Council, for a while I tried to push a renaming and I wanted to call it double doctoring, which was, do you remember ER? Like on ER, if you have two I doctors. Totally remember the double doctor. Right, wow. you can override the patient. And when the patient is like, no, you can't do that to me. They're like, we're double doctoring you. Um, but I think wow. I think Klingon Council had more lasting cultural valence. I think you guys were right to oh. stick with Klingon Council. Well, we are three. We are not two. And I, for one, don't remember double doctoring. So, Oh, well, okay. So maybe that's All why. Right. Maybe me and my aggressive personality made it stay Klingon. Although I am no is kind of Star Trek fan at all. I can do the, I can do the Klingon thing. And, and I remember my brothers being really into it and like building. Remember when people built plastic models? Yeah. Uh, I remember a plastic model of the Star, Press, Star Trek Enterprise being like a prized possession of one of my brothers. All right. Because he had built it all by himself. So, so anyway, all of that said, um, I'm really excited today because we have two poems by Sarah Hefner and, um, and then a, a short piece that's very interesting. So um, I think we should start with the poems by Sarah Hefner. And I don't mind who reads what, so... Any jumping in? I will jump in on the first of the Sarah Hefner poems. Woo-hoo. And I do say, I do, I do want to say, there's this PBQ thing where when we um, consider poems, the yes. big question sometimes is, do you read the cover letter or not? And uh, the reason I raise that is because that last name Hefner <laughs> so reminds me of Nicole Hefner Callahan. Um, and I don't know if they're related, but might, they probably aren't related. There's two F's in the Sarah Hefner and maybe Nicole has one F. I don't know. Um, it's tri- well, then it's that would be me. a clear sign. <laughs> but I, I don't think Nicole publishes as Nicole Hefner. I mean, she's Nicole Callahan. I don't think she, she publishes as Nicole Hefner Callahan. I think it's just Unless Callahan. we've discovered a nom de plume and she's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I'm, I'm delighted to read Sarah Hefner's poem called I Love California More Than You. And can readers, if you get a chance to just look at that title in the, sh- in the show notes, I Love California More Than You makes me um, love it already because it's I love California more than you love California. And also I love California more than I love you. Right. Like so that the, oh. the titles are <laughs> mocking grammar from right. the start. So and I was I love- reading, I was reading it as only number two. Oh, <laughs> I love California more than I love you. Oh, I was only reading it as I love California more than you love California. <laughs> see, see, this is why we need to claim on California. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love California more than you. Sarah Hafner. I thought only bullets lose inertia. I'm extinct in Pennsylvania, our city, a linoleum experiment. I fell, steam eventually does. It was on the porch painting, I was little black air. Did I fuck that up? I might have fucked that you up. Just, Let me do that you, again. You just Joe, a little cut that whole stop. thing and we're doing it again, ready? <laughs> I love California more than you by Sarah Hefner. I thought only bullets lose inertia. 
I'm extinct in Pennsylvania. Our city, a linoleum experiment. I fell. Steam eventually does. It was on the porch painting. I was little black air. Thank you. Ah, thank you. Uh, Sorry, I have fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, listeners, remember that you can go to the podcast page and see this poem. She's done some, uh, these are short little stanzas. As the poem in itself is short, but there's um, space in the lines that you should know about and see for yeah. yourselves. So... I love that opening. I thought only bullets lose inertia. I mean, I think it's a great title um, Mm -hmm. that loving California is so wrapped up in like, you know, all of these identities um, and Joan Didion and, you know, just stuff and Dana Joya. And um, I I just love that competitive California love. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I have to Mm -hmm. establish my California cred, but also, yeah. But the other valence of being like, yeah, I think I may need to go back to California because I don't love you as much as I love that place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this well, person is I, not happy in Pennsylvania. No, she's and, you know what? There. Our city, a linoleum experiment, might be. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I know what that feels. What, yeah. what I'm supposed to feel with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it like it crushes my heart a little bit. But then I and I love. I fell steam eventually does is like such a great evocative image of cities holy crap sarah hefner how did you get there Mm. right like that notion of steam rising and then falling and just Mm. you know the the sort of that heart crushing place that she's in well and the comparison Um, of the self to steam when steam isn't tangible you know steam Uh we can see it and then it dissipates it you know Mm -hmm. um i like i like that a lot the eye as steam Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the idea that, you know, they were, they were on a trajectory that just burned out. Mm-hmm. That, like, mm-hmm. they were on their way to something that just reached its conclusion. All right. So, Jason, that, if that, I love that. But that is all I need are three stanzas to get there. I fell, I fell steam eventually does. Help me with this fourth, fourth stanza. I, it was on the porch painting. I was little black air. I kind of get tangled and bucked out of the poem there. And I'm, and I'm a little baffled. Um, yeah. I, I don't really, I mean, I trust the poem enough that I'm like willing to go with it. And I like the strangeness of little black air. I, mm. I mean, to create a narrative, I think that what happens is that she's on the porch when she has the moment of like, yeah, I don't love this enough. Um, or I have something else that I love more and this is not working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or maybe a third read. Mm-hmm. It was on the porch painting when I was little, comma, black, comma, air. What if we, what if you do that? What does that mean? Well, a different reading than the two Jason gave. It was on the porch mm-hmm. painting and I'm adding grammar, right? Right. That mm-hmm. I was little. Yeah black air it's when right. she came to this epiphany that she gives us in the you know what we what we mm-hmm. what jason did express uh losing inertia oh, and having to get yeah, out of pain. because okay so the little black air is the inertialess soul the inertialess steam yeah the speaker right, falling right right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that right 
So the space, the spaces, the sp- ah. right. Insert nice. comma on those white spaces. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to read it. <laughs> okay. I don't know, yeah, Sarah I- Hefner, if that's what you want, but. <laughs> it, I mean, it just, it feels very weird to me. I mean, it does, it doesn't resolve into something narrative or sense making to me. Um, and I feel like I've been set up for that and I'm kind of okay with this just open, mm-hmm. weird expanse. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's such a, like, a strong <laughs> emotional epiphany that sort of happens sort of between that second. Like in the, in the first two stanzas and even in the title, there's the sense that like she's already figured this out. Right. And then the epiphany yeah. sort of happens in the third stanza and it's kind of narrativized. Mm-hmm. And then the third stanza or the fourth stanza is just like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. <laughs> well, you know what? It's so funny. I, I love that notion of expanse, right? A sort of weird expanse of the poem. Yeah. Because I can specifically remember reading the batch of poems that Sarah sent to us. Um, and I was, I was, you know, driving shotgun on a very long road trip. And I had my iPad out and I was reading PBQ poems. And this one stopped me in my tracks, so to speak, yeah. right? There was something about the the command of those first two stanzas, it's like, you're, you're in my house now. I thought only mm-hmm. bullets and inertia. And I was like, wait, what, what, what? Okay. What? All right. I'm, ex- I'm extinct in Pennsylvania, our city, a linoleum experiment. I'm in, right? Absolutely. I fell. Steam eventually does. And then when I get to the end, I'm, I'm scrambled in a way, but the scrambling didn't push me totally away from the poem. So mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely remember being on I-95 and thinking, <laughs> holy shit, God bless poetry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Jason also said that he likes the open, weird, weird expanse of the poem. And I just thought, that's like California, too. Seriously. <laughs> it all works. Um, so, so, you guys... Ready to vote? I think we're ready to vote. All right. Whoops. And the cat's ready to vote. Is that a yes or a no? The cat is ready to vote. Did you hear the cat? The cat's meowing. My husband just came through the front door. Like, shit's going down in Abu Dhabi. (laughs) That's the world's most talkative cat. We may have talked about this on the... (laughs) It's the poetry cat. The world's most talkative cat lives in Abu Dhabi. Yep. Yep. Um, So, okay. Shall we? One, two, three. Vote. And I'm all by myself in Philly with my own thumb. Wait, can we pause Waiting. for a second? I, I can't vote because I'm on the phone. I don't have the... Um, oh, oh, okay. Text, text me. Text me. Okay. Text me. Just tell us and then okay, I'll text just you. cut it out. Okay. <laughs> just say it and I'll cut it out. Okay, yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, we can decide if we even went that in. That's kind of funny. But um, on the next, on the next two, just text me, okay? Because I do always okay. leave my phone open on just text in case anything because you know sometimes Marion just gets <laughs> sucked up into the atmosphere remember when you were talking about Jesus and, and Jerusalem <laughs> you, what the hell is that called raptured you were raptured <laughs> you're raptured you're left behind yeah. <laughs> oh we were left behind honey. you were raptured um, okay so let's move on to Sarah Hefner, maybe New Orleans. You feeling it, Jason, or you want to do the other one? I am one? feeling it. All yes. right. All right. right. Wait, sorry. I'm having a moment. Um, 
maybe New Orleans. We no longer have a favorite place. We have one flawed summer. Blame it on the generosity of moisture. Back in the country, I felt haze rotundity. I sweated out grains. Now my hair is sleek, the beak of an oyster catcher. The generosity of moisture. Because it's really humid. Yeah, yeah. In New Orleans. Yeah, I know. That was a cool way to describe it. The generosity yeah. of moisture. The hey. beak of an oyster catcher. Help me with that, right? So oyster catchers, they have those little red beaks, right? Or are they those like razor, those long? Joe, can you pull up an oyster? He's on his, he's on it. Go, I'm, I'm looking. Joe's got this right big, oh, yeah, beautiful yeah. screen. Long red, long red yeah, they're black and white beak? with yeah. big long red beak. beak. I think I said beach. I said a beak. Huh? I meant beak. beak. Long red oh, beak. The, now long my hair is sleek. Yeah. The beak of an oyster catcher. So, so the speaker has red hair. Um. I I think yeah. What I was, what I'm digging, is these very unusual ways to describe nature, like generosity of moisture for high humidity and haze rotundity. I felt haze rotundity. What? What? I think it's because like, when you see hay bales, they're in circles, mm. right? Oh. Like those like big circular hay, ba hay bales that you see when you're driving cross country. Okay. Um, I guess okay, other I was people of see the them because they live there. That was a terrible thing of me. That was I was that was a that was totally a siloed thing of me to say. What do you mean? Um, that you see when you're driving past them. Um, <laughs> well, and you know what? I was yeah. picking. I was picturing not bales. I was picturing like the handfuls like one. Yes, yeah, the handfuls one throws uh, to animals and individual mm -hmm. twigs of hay. That's what mm. I was thinking. Hmm, what's rotund? Rotundity. I felt haze rotundity. I sweated out grains. Hmm. I wonder if she's working on a whole series of place names, right? Of poems. Yeah. Maybe mm -hmm. New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I love you more than California. I'm I'm feeling less here to dig into than the other one. I'm less I'm less immediately smitten. Um mm -hmm. I do want to linger, but Yeah, I, I felt much less grounded in this one. Like I, I didn't quite understand a lot of the images. And so like, yeah, like how, how like the hair that's sleek, like the beak of an oyster catcher. I was like, hmm. So, you know, it's funny. I, I totally agree. I think that the, I love California more than you. One of the things I loved about that poem was the way that the scrambling at the end still resonated with the bullets and the loss of inertia, right? Um, little black air, right? There's a there's a way in which those images resonate, but I have trouble finding the sort of image resonance pattern, you know, sort of wind chiming in this poem, right? We no longer yeah. have a favorite place. We have one flawed summer, blame it on the generosity of moisture, right? Which then gives you maybe like, you know, damp haystacks, damp hay bales where you get hazed rotundity, sweating out grains, right? But now my hair is sleek from the moisture, the beak of an oyster catcher. And I don't get that, right? And it doesn't, I, the, the beak doesn't point me back in a way 
mm-hmm. to the top or to the middle in a way that creates a like a weave. Um, they it's a it's a trip. Like I keep thinking about Tim Fitz. Like he might totally dig the specificity of that image, mm-hmm. but it doesn't help me um, I, anyway. Um, you know, it's it keeps me in summer. And in a, a watery place, you know, maybe maybe uh, there's yeah. lots of oyster catchers in New Orleans. Maybe they specifically maybe, are yeah. uh, catching, you know, are, are more prevalent there, you know, in the waterways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I didn't I balked more at what the at the physical. My hair is sleek, and I yeah. actually, of course, I pictured black. Um, uh, as we all know, I'm really dumb about nature, and the beak of an oyster. <laughs> I didn't know oyster catchers had a red beak. I mean, how the hell did you know that, Marion? I'm a nerd. I'm a oh, nerd, but I do. Goodness. I do love this. Like, listen to the sounds that now my hair is sleek. The beak of an oyster catcher, right? And you're right, oysters, New Orleans. You've got that sort of. Um, you know, combination. Mm-hmm. So but mm-hmm. that playfulness doesn't let me in though. You know, like I, I don't feel like I'm like, Oh, I'm in on this with you. Um, not that that's a necessity of the poem, but it, it does make me feel a little alienated from it. Yeah. We no longer, I mean, we, you know, I'm putting the title in cause the title was so great with the other one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Maybe New Orleans, but we don't really have a favorite place. We have one flawed summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blame it on the humidity. <laughs> right. And then what are it we left? so Philly. That's such a that's such a Jersey thing. It's not the heat. It's humidity. Right. Back in <laughs> the country. everyone says that. Every, right. Yeah. I have Every, a, I have a, like, they say it in Abu Dhabi. It's true. Yeah. I have a student <laughs> in the... Um, in the publishing program who's from New Orleans and she just laughs and laughs when people complain. She's like still so thrilled to be in not humidity. <laughs> so to her, it's very not humid here. Um, back in the country. Yeah. I don't know. It, it is, it isn't, I'm not as hooked as the last one, mm-hmm. but I can, I understand. I know what she's saying. I feel if I put in all those other words on top of it. Um, back in the country, I felt haze rotundity. I handed out grants, but I don't grants and my hair is sleek. Hmm. Yeah, to end on that, I don't know what I'm supposed to, what impact that is supposed to make. Okay, so now mm-hmm. your hair is slicked back. And now what? You know what I mean? I don't know mm-hmm. what impact that is supposed to mean or what meaning symbolism or, or impact that's supposed to have on me. Or the poem. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I I mean, I feel like in because the first one disorients us so in such exciting ways, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with this one, we feel just we just feel lost. Right. Mm hmm. And so I think, I mean, in a certain way, like she's competing with herself because we all loved um, <laughs> right. That's right. that particular poem right. so much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think particularly thinking about all of the pleasures that I got from the first poem, I don't feel them in this poem. Yeah. And I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with my editorial or professorly or whatever. Like if this was in my class, I would, or in a group that I was in, I, I don't want that to be the ending. I want something that has more significance somehow. Yeah. So, um, okay, are we ready to vote? We are. I think so. All right. One, two, three, vote. 
All righty. So, Sarah Hefner, thank you for that. But we're going to go with a no on that one and publish I Love California More Than You. Thank you so much. Um, so... Who, who used to say that? Who, whose line was uh, this line? And now for something completely different. That's John Cleese. Yeah, that's what I was feeling. I was going to say that. I didn't want to embarrass myself and be wrong. Um, not that that doesn't happen. That happens so frequently. <laughs> when I can't control it, I try yeah. to control it and stop myself. Um, so what we have next is a piece of uh, a very dense piece of flash fiction. Um, it's written... And it's one tight graph, no space. And um, I'm looking, I'm looking. I think there may not be a period. I think we've got all dashes through, M dashes throughout. And so this is one sentence that's a, that's a big, nice, you know, maybe 200 word plus word paragraph. Okay? Are we ready? This is Jacob Thomas Burns. Jacob Thomas Burns, and the name of the poem is Frida Callie Kelly Lou. All right? So, Frida Callie Kelly Lou. Portland flights arrived at 1235-316-646. The baggage handlers ready at wheels down, having already flipped a coin for who'd gut the plane of last-minute checked bags and who'd deliver them to the bridge, where the flight attendant, <coughs> their attendant, bid farewell to passengers. And even when someone else was in her place, the handlers would feign a moment on the jetway for each other's benefit. A wink flashed between shuffling passengers, a flutter of fingers at her hip. Until it was days, then weeks without a sighting. Suspicions becoming fears, becoming fact. She had switched routes or airlines or professions. And so the stories themselves became the thing, retold until each word and pause was perfected, the details too real not to be true. A fleck of pink on a tooth, a stocking run shaped like California, a Tom Collins shared in a hotel room. Details later told to girlfriends who became wives, by which time the Hindlers had also moved to Sacramento, to Duluth, the attendant's name changing from telling to telling, in truth never known at all, as each other's names inch just beyond reach until, ticket in hand, they could watch a plane greet the tarmac with neither regret nor urgency, without anything at all but a sense of the shifting distances between once and now and to be. Beautifully read. Oh. Way to go, Kathleen Volkmiller of the New York oh, Times. Way man. to go. <laughs> I'm going to say, one time I said, I wish I could just read poetry for a living. And Jason was like, um. I kind of do that. <laughs> you do? <laughs> I still think I'm going to call up Audible. Anyway, what do you guys think? I, uh, what's... I don't understand. <laughs> um, so, so it, it's that 
these people have developed this attachment to this particular flight attendant. Heck yeah. And they tell the story about her. Yeah. Or or any flight attendants. I think they all are crushed out on a partic- on their own particular flight attendant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that so that they tell stories about the one that got away or the one uh, that they have a relationship with. So mm-hmm. it's like kind of locker room talk in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and, then, and it's pegged to like this sort of um, almost like a, a hierarchy, right? Like these are the baggage guys. And when they right. get the baggage and bring it up to the jetway, they, they kind of like wink and pretend to each other that they've had moments with these flight attendants. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. and then the arc of this short, short flash fiction is it's, it takes them into like, their adult lives away from being baggage handlers when this is all just something to reminisce about. And it's reminiscing about fantasies that they had mm-hmm. about these other flight attendants. So mm-hmm. it's, it's that spiral, right? Of yeah. okay. Nostalgia for something that never really was. Thank you. My gosh, was that good, Mayor? That was just so good. Did I do it? Yeah. <laughs> no, you did a great job. You did a great job. That that is pretty much exactly the way I read it. I'm not sure if it's one woman that they all talked about or what Marion said. Like they each had their own. Uh, you know, I love that list of names. And then you know, in the body of the piece, when um, you know they're not even sure they ever knew the name. You know, but and Marion called it locker room talk, and I just I know I know you meant the same thing that I'm about to say, which is, but with respect like there's there's such there's such like uh love and endearing you know trump talk right 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 mary don't ever say that again joe can you bleep that out can you just (laughs) when she says that talk can you just like go or something (laughs) i said the t or like a fart sound (laughs) maybe Uh, that would work okay sorry 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 back to the piece back to the piece Um, i think that's actually absolutely what i love about this is the respect and romance and and um idolization of these of these flight attendants Mm -hmm. you know um that that's what that's what i'm digging so yeah and i personally i kind of i love the the last maybe two lines of the piece where it's they could watch a plane greet the tarmac with neither regret nor urgency without anything at all but a sense of the shifting distances between once and now and to be like the the way the piece moves into this sort of like esoteric kind of analytical detached reflection right like Mm -hmm. it totally captures the sort of distancing of 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 this of their desire right yeah it, it's their their age is reflected in the way the desire flattens out. Right. And it's, uh, I, yeah. yeah. I don't find it too like on the nose or overt or anything. Mm-hmm. I love that this that that sentiment, what Marion just expressed, is um, is shown to us through the object of flight attendant and flights and baggage handlers and airplanes. You know what I mean? Because flying itself is once and now and to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really like that. And um, it made me think about our magic fairy watches as well. <gasps> oh, yeah. my God. I have so yeah. much to tell you about our magic fairy uh, yeah. watches. Mine has like, been on an adventure. When, uh, when, when I just wish people would ask me for the time more frequently. So you have that a I magic could. fairy watch? We do. Oh God, we both do. We, we both do. And you, you get me a magic fairy watch. <laughs> and like at this moment. 
moment where you were both in the presence of these magic fairy watches, like I didn't come to mind. Well, oh no, you God. know what? You came to mind earlier, <laughs> earlier in this exact episode when you were saying that you have no sense of time in your office. I was thinking, yes, just like magic fairy watches. Fairy watches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like, I wish people would ask me for the time more often so that I could look at my wrist and go, now. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But that does take us right back to the first line of the piece. Portland flights arrived Mm, at 1235, mm -hmm. 316, 646. And it's like a strange invocation at the top of this piece, right? Like you're you're paying attention to this listing of time, you know, and obviously that's the specificity is what becomes meaningless and meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really you, cool. I'm glad you pointed that out, Marion. Yeah. You know, the, the insanity with which we live. 316, mm-hmm. when did you land? I landed 316. <laughs> <laughs> AM or PM? AM or PM? Are we using the 24-hour system? <laughs> Eastern Standard Time? I don't know. <laughs> that's what the ticket says. Leave me alone. I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. You were about to say something probably far more no, intelligent than that. I, I was, I was going to be boring. I was going to say that like, like one of my favorite things about jobs is when you have like this stupid knowledge from, um, you know, things like, like what times the flight from Portland lands and knowing that, like, I just, I just remember this one time I knew, I knew the serial codes on keys and like someone was trying to break into a, my apartment and he showed me the key and I was like, no, that's the wrong serial number. It should end in 087. Oh my god! Like it was just, but it was it was it was a really ridiculous moment because like someone was actually like like I was. This is the person who said to me while holding a baseball bat, "I'm not threatening you with this baseball bat." Um, oh my god! But, <laughs> always something you want to hear from someone with a baseball bat. But um, yeah, like I just I love that I love that piece of information, and I think the way that you guys explained it, like like I'm totally I I'm I'm around like I get it. I get it. And like, I, I do, I do love the way in which this person, and again, it's, it's like a job. I mean, right. Like the local Romeo, like someone who, yeah. even yeah. though in, in the real world, they wouldn't be, you know, that exciting, but like, because you have this enclosed little space, that particular airline stewardess becomes um, a venerated object of desire an unattainable mm-hmm. Um, object to be watched and seen and contemplated. Like I, I love that and invested right. it right. Like like the ways that those investments that like starts with the times and knowing those kind of continues across over this um, this attachment that le- that's lifelong. Well, and Jason, it's that too that that attachment to something that is ultimately right. Um, what it's like you're complicit in your and your exploitation, right? Like there's yeah. the, the, like the meaningfulness of work is also like cultivated with these fantasies, right? Like you're able to yeah. commit to this repetitive grunt, you know, sort of gutting the flight every, you know, at 1235, 316, that routinization, right? Yeah. Is, like amplified and made more gorgeous, mm-hmm. right? With these mm-hmm. yeah. fantasies, right? That then you move yeah. past and look back over your shoulder at simultaneously too, mm-hmm. you know? So, you yeah. know, yeah. it wasn't that long ago, um, like within the past decade, and I should have known far earlier, <laughs> 
that pilots and uh, flight attendants do have a schedule. They have a route, and they are always yeah. on the mm-hmm. you know this flight mm-hmm. to this thing. I didn't know that for a long time of my life, and it's I still find it fascinating. You know that it's there, it's like a bus route, but it's yeah. in the yeah. air. You know, it's like in the sky. that's always been stunning to me. And you know, I do have a thing about um, about the um, ramp agent people. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think that was another reason why I, I was just digging this, that whole life of being the people that are doing exactly that, like throwing the planes off, uh, throwing baggage off and on and running onto the plane and getting out the trash. And like that whole behind the scenes of flight has mm-hmm. been a source of fascination for me. I don't exactly wow. know Did you why. see that on of our film? Um, the, uh, the English title was, I'm so excited, but the uh, Spanish title was Los Pasajeros Amantes. Um, mm. But it starts Penelope Cruz and um, Penelope Cruz and who's oh my god I'm blanking on his name um, the gorgeous one he was in Philadelphia in all the unload of our films he was Antonio Banderas wow. Antonio mm-hmm. Banderas and uh, Penelope Cruz are a um, they're like the baggage handler and the um, the runway people. And, mm-hmm. and what happens in their first like three minutes of the film like sets in motion everything. Oh my gosh, I'm totally gonna have to find yeah. that movie. It's so good. I oh, love this movie. A lot of people didn't so like it. I was a little watch. Light, I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. And the flight attendants because the the plane might crash, and the um, the flight attendants perform a lip sync. To I'm so excited <laughs> in oh, order to entertain. I'm dying. Screw classes today. Yeah. Screw, and, screw and my just, meetings. They just they walk sleeping gas into the entire um, coach. Oh my god! Oh, stop! 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 Stop with all these spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you made me even more excited. Um, yeah, yeah, you know what, you guys? I think that we forgot to vote. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that real quick. And then we can jump right back Voting. into chatting. Okay. There we go. One, two, three, vote. <laughs> Woo! I'm so happy. Jacob Yay, Thomas Burns. Jacob Burns. Um, so listen, I have to, full confession, full confession. So I brought this poem into my class to my first year writing seminar and had my students read it with me um, in advance of the podcast. And, and they did such a magnificent job of sort of unfolding the poem, right? Um, fiction. It is fiction. It's flash. And you know what? And that's what I wanted to tell you. It's flash fiction. I kept calling it poetry and they kept calling me out saying it says flash fiction because I showed them the submittable screen, right? Because uh-huh, I was uh-huh. like, what it was. So like, it's flash fiction. I was like, why do I keep calling it poetry? And I think the reason I call it poetry mm. is because it is so tightly crafted. Sure enough. Like, yeah. it is so beautifully, the way it sort of like drops like a penny, like it just fits it fits it fits it fits and so and so i give you that so thank you to my my first year writing Ah. seminar class you made me smarter they really Ah. like thank you you know thank you for bringing that up because as i was reading it i was going god this is gorgeous language god i'm loving reading this (laughs) you know it felt like a poem it absolutely felt like a poem the distinction between prose, prose poetry and flash fiction is very tenuous. Sure, sure. Like you'll I, often see Carolyn Forche's The Colonel anthologized as flash fiction yeah. and as poetry. Like yeah. people just like there's not a huge boundary between those two things. Absolutely. You know, um, I just want to mention as well that um, Jacob Thomas Burns just seems like such a terribly nice guy. You know, when, when I oh. asked him if we could do it on the podcast, he was just so wonderfully excited and generous and makes me extra happy that we're publishing it, that we did say yes. And yeah. Um, yeah. 
He, not that we don't publish mean people. I'm sure we publish mean people and we never even know it, but this guy's nice. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And, um, and I did even have to check myself, double check. I thought I had seen fiction and I had to make sure, you know, that that's what he wanted to call it. So anyway, yay for us. Joe, are you going to say something? Jo- Joe, Joe taken. wants to chime in. I think having a specialty episode about only reading. Wait, I can't hear you, Joe. I can't hear you. Oh. Sorry, I think having a specialty episode about uh, just reading uh, from people that are historically known as mean people would be pretty interesting. <laughs> the mean people episode. I think we could come That's up with hysterical. that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. We Seriously. might be able to pull that off. Um, okay, so super excited about everything. Um, I'm, yeah. This was a wonderful episode. Thank you all. Thank you, listeners. Remember again to please um, let us know how you think we're doing, what you'd like to see more of of, less of, all those kinds of things. Uh, send in questions. We're going to have a we'll answer your question episode soon. Oh, I'm looking forward to that so, one. Yeah, yeah. So send in any questions you might have about anything at all. I mean, even even what is a rampagent? I don't know. Um, uh, anything. So thank you for that. And um, please keep following us on all uh, social media platforms. And um, I have to say this, even though I always yell at everybody else for using topical references. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. I'm going to see you next week. We're going to be together. <laughs> I can't stand it. It's really fun. I cannot even really stand fun. it. We're going to be together. We have spring break in Florida. Tampa. What? what? Tampa. How did that Tampa. never happen? All these years, we have never been never together been in Florida oh at spring break time. You should tell all of our listeners to come and find us at the booth, and we'll all be wearing coconut bras. <laughs> In the break time. Is that times. a thing you do on spring break? It's like a spring break thing, right? No? Is that, is that, mm, only your I mom. I feel like a Betty Boop cartoon. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone. Can we, I'm going to ask your mom if we can put, I have a picture of your mom in a coconut oh, bra. Yeah, we should borrow my mom's coconut bra. She's got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We'll use that on the Tampa Perfect. podcast, on the yeah. AWP oh podcast. Yeah, I'm going to go on Amazon <laughs> and order us coconut bras I right now. I love it. Go. I'll wear it. I'll wear it. It, over whatever I wear, wearing, but I'll wear yeah, it. or under <laughs> over under alright thank you yeah. bye thank everyone you. keep reading alright love Woo. you guys bye